So let me walk you through an occasional day in my life. I wake up, my alarm is my phone, so I hit snooze on my phone. Nine minutes later, I wake up again. This time, when I reach to turn off my alarm, which is also my phone, I see a notification. And it takes me to the newest program on Netflix that I may like. So I make a note to check it out. And then I see a text that came in the night before, and I was already asleep, so I respond quickly to the text. And while I'm responding, I see that I have a direct message on Instagram. So I go there, and then I check my feed, and I click on a reel made by a friend, which takes me to another reel. And then 15 minutes later, I realize I got to get going. I'm going to be late for my meeting at work. I hop in the car, I head off to work, and I get to that meeting, which runs a little bit long, so I'm late for the next meeting, after which time my coworkers have questions and things to talk about, things that might need my help and attention. And then my stomach is growling. It's after 1 p.m. Should I grab some lunch? Another text comes in, and it's a big deal. A friend is in trouble, and I have to respond now. Finally, I decide to leave the office because I have to get some work done. So I go home to my home office and then I see on my front porch a package. Oh good, it's the jeans that I ordered a few weeks ago. So I quickly try them on as soon as I get in the house. They're not the right size, so I go back to my computer to start the return process and I see all the emails. I get distracted, I answer emails, most of which feel pretty urgent. And then there's a knock on my door, and it's my neighbor. And my neighbor is like, hey, I'm doing this petition for my friend who wants to run for office. Can you sign it? So I sign it. We chat for about 15 minutes. All the while, I'm thinking, I just had this short window of time. I need to get my work done because I have to grab dinner, and I have a 6.30 p.m. Zoom call meeting. There's nothing in the house to eat. I call Troy. Can you bring something home to eat? What do you want? Anything. I don't want to make a decision. Just decide for me. Bring something home. 30 minutes later, he plops his Chick-fil-A salad on my desk. I eat while I finish my work, just in time to check my teeth to make sure there's nothing stuck in my teeth before I get on that scheduled Zoom call. The call is over. It's dark out. Oh yeah, there's that Netflix show I'm supposed to check out. Two hours later, I'm starting to fall asleep on the couch. So I get up and go to bed. I reach for my phone, which is, you know, my alarm, and I set it for the next day. And there's a notification on the Weather Channel about some weather event, which leads me to research other similar weather events across the world. 30 minutes later, I'm wide awake in bed. And so I turn on the TV to help me fall asleep. I don't remember turning it off. My alarm goes off. It's the next morning. And I start that all over again. Does this sound familiar? I mean, many of you could add a couple of kids in there with their schedules and their needs and their interruptions. Oh my goodness, what do we have? We have a life that's not controlled by us. It's controlled by others, by notifications, by media. And our brain is like on overload. And our heads are just so full of chaos. Author and spiritual director Ruth Haley Barton, she gives 10 signs 
that you are possibly living a chaotic lifestyle. Irritability, hypersensitivity, restlessness, compulsive overwork, emotional numbness, disconnected from our identity or calling, not able to attend to our human needs like skipping lunch, lack of regular spiritual disciplines. I'm sure that we can all find ourselves somewhere on this list. But today, in the midst of our chaotic brain moment, we're going to hear these words from Jesus. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hi, my name is Janet. Welcome to our Restore Online. In a deep desire to find rest for our souls, the kind of rest that Jesus refers to, Our pastoral team at Restore has decided to create this series for us, and we're calling it Practicing a Rule of Life. Now, you might be wondering, what is a rule of life, and how does that help me find rest for my soul? Well, that's a great question. A rule of life is simply a set of practices that we live by to keep Jesus at the center of our lives. Now, if I understand what Jesus is getting at with these words when he says, come to me, I will give you rest, learn from me, you will find rest for your souls. I think Jesus is saying, be with me, spend time with me, and you will find rest for your soul. And to me, a soul at rest, it just sounds like peace. It sounds like it may be super chaotic out there, but even though it's chaotic out there, I can have peace in here. So a rule of life is a set of practices we live by to keep Jesus at the center of our lives. Now, first off, I do not want you to get tripped up by the word rule here. In the context of this series, the word rule simply means like a trellis that provides support for healthy spiritual growth. Like a plant needs support for healthy growth, so do we. So here's a picture of a Monstera house plant. See how it's kind of growing like every which way? A monstera has chaotic growth. It just kind of goes everywhere. In fact, some of its roots even grow outside of the pot. Now, here's another similar monstera variety plant. But this one has a trellis, a support pole, that trains it to reach its very best growth by organizing It's growth. It gives it like a path. In order for us to grow to our own fullest potential, we need a trellis. We need a rule of life that we follow that helps us grow closer to God. So, 
our goal in this series is to equip you with a set of practices that will lead you into a life of intentional peace that comes from being connected to Jesus. Once again, Ruth Haley Barton defines it this way. A rule of life is a way of ordering our life around our values, practices, and relationships that keep us open and available to God for the work of spiritual transformation that only God can bring about. Simply put, a rule of life, it provides structure and space for our growth. And this is fundamentally what spiritual transformation is all about. Choosing a way of life that opens us up to the presence of God in the places of our being where our truest desires and deepest longings stir. So in this series, we're not going to cover everything that you can put on a rule of life. Honestly, the possibilities, they're absolutely endless and very unique to each one of us. We aren't going to exhaust every single practice in this series, but we are going to highlight three main practices. The first is daily prayer, and then Sabbath, and then meaningful conversations. So today we're going to look at that first practice, the foundation for a rule of life, and that is daily prayer. Now, some people who are listening to this, you're going... I'm a little disappointed, like you had me. Like I feel the chaos that you described, and I deeply long to have my soul at rest. And I thought you were going to give me something new and fresh, some new amazing tool, and then you say prayer. And I'm like, ugh, prayer doesn't work for me. Others, you might be thinking, I pray all the time. But I still feel like chaos in the inside. In fact, sometimes praying makes me feel even more anxious and upset, really, because I'm thinking about all the things that are not going right. I'm begging God to change something, and it doesn't seem to make a difference. But whatever you're thinking, stick with me on this as we reframe the kind of prayer that I'm suggesting for our rule of life. The prayer I'm talking about is this. It's an appointed time to be with Jesus. With these three purposes in mind. Remain, listen, and review. Now Jesus says, remain in me and I also will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So remaining means spending time with God, acknowledging him as the leader of our life, the truth around which we organize our time, our thoughts, our service, and our resources. So my practice of remaining is to do this in the morning, to say a prayer that reminds me to remain in the ways of God for this day. Now, one prayer I use, it's straight out of Jesus' instructions from the Bible on how to pray. And it's the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from the evil one. Now, I like to pray that prayer in the morning. Now, other times, I use pre-written prayers, prayers that are written by other people, not in the Bible, but are written by others. Prayers that help me get God in charge of my day, to get my brain wrapped around that whole idea. And I've collected some of these prayers over recent months that I use for this purpose. So this morning prayer time is a time to acknowledge God and put him in the proper place in my life above all things. Little side note here on this. I like pre-written prayers. I like um, having something that I can read in the morning Because honestly, my brain is not organized enough in the morning to just dive right in and come up with my own words. I just need some words that help me acknowledge God. And when those words are written and ready for me to go, it's just way more accessible for me to pray. I also like the repetition of praying the same prayer over and over again. I did the Lord's Prayer for a whole month in the morning, and it just became richer and more meaningful every day. Here's another morning prayer that I like to use. It's an old ancient Jewish prayer. I am thankful before you, God, living and enduring King, for you have mercifully restored my soul within me. Great is your faithfulness. So morning prayer for me is it helps me remain to remain in God and Jesus and acknowledge their lordship and leadership in my life. The second function for daily prayer for me is to listen, to set aside a time and space to hear from God. Now my practice is to do this in the afternoon, to set an alarm on my phone according to what my day's schedule looks like. When I think I might have free time, I'll set that alarm. And when that alarm goes off, I get alone, I get quiet at my office, I shut my door, I turn my chair towards the window, I take a deep breath, and I set my alarm for anywhere from two to seven minutes, and I sit quietly before God, and I just ask him to speak to me. Now, honestly, this is really hard. In the middle of the day, my mind is on overload with all that's happened already, everything that still needs to happen. So to get quiet headspace and acknowledge God and his presence, to trust that he is near and that he has something to say to me right now, mm, it's crazy hard. I started with just two minutes. It's about all I could bear. But I've worked my way up to about seven minutes. And it gets easier and easier. And I honestly... I am starting to crave longer and longer time. And then in the evening, I do a prayer practice that focuses on review, reviewing the events from the day and asking God about them. So I'll go to God with questions like, where am I carrying the trouble of this day in my mind or the worries of tensions of this day in my body? And then I pray a prayer of just releasing those concerns to God, like, God, take this, take that worry. 
And then I'll ask, in what ways today did I experience God's goodness? And then I pray a prayer of thankfulness. And then I ask God, in what ways today did I sin or miss the mark of God's best for me? And then I pray a prayer of confession and repentance. And I ask God to help me let go of shame and guilt and to receive his mercy. Now, I usually do this evening prayer when I'm done with all my work for the day. After dinner, before I settle in to read a book or watch a show, my practice is to spend about 10 minutes reviewing my day in prayer. That's it. That's been my practice recently. Now, some people call this practice fixed hour of prayer. A fixed hour of prayer is the oldest form of Christian spiritual practice that has its roots in Judaism. It was customary for ancient Jewish person to interrupt their day three separate times and to have a prayer rhythm three times a day. David writes in Psalm 55, As for me, I call to God, and the Lord saves me. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. And then we read in the Old Testament of the Bible about how the prophet Daniel was known for praying at fixed times, three times a day. Now, this is pretty incredible for Daniel because he was living in exile at a time where praying to anyone other than the king of Persia could have cost him his life, like he could be thrown into the lion's den. And here's what we read in the book of Daniel. Although Daniel knew that the document had been signed, the one where you get thrown in the lion's den if you pray to the wrong person, he continued to go to his house and to get down on his knees three times a day to pray to his God and to praise him. Jesus himself, a rabbinic Jew, continued this practice of prayer. We read often in the New Testament of Jesus leaving the followers and going off to pray by himself. And the early Christians, after Jesus left the earth, they also continued this practice of fixed prayer three times a day. We see it in this example of the apostles Peter and John, as recorded in the book of Acts, where they went at three o'clock, the hour of prayer, to the synagogue to pray. So from David to Daniel, from Jesus to the disciples, there was this sacred rhythm of prayer. And this was the world of the Jews. It was the world of Jesus. It was the world of the early Christians. And I honestly believe that if we want to live a life at a different pace than our chaotic world, that this will become our world as well, our rhythm. Scott McKnight, pastor and author, he says this, the blessings of life that enter most deeply into our souls do not come from finding more free time or more leisure. These blessings, they enter the soul when we let the soul rhythms, the sacred rhythms of prayer shape the structure of our day. 
Now, I just want you guys to know that the key word here, it's practice. Please know that what I describe is something I am practicing, which essentially means that there's many days I do not get it right. I forget. I turn off that midday alarm and I just ignore it. I am not perfect at this, but I can tell you I am practicing this. And I can say that this practice of fixed hour prayer, this rhythm over time, has resulted in a soul at rest. Peace that passes understanding that guards my heart and mind. I am more available to sit in the chaos with others because my soul has had moments of rest. I can be a non-anxious presence in an anxious world because my soul is having moments of peace. I have courage to do hard things because I have moments where I hear from God. And because this is a practice, I just want to say to you, like if you're going to try it, it's going to be really clunky at first. It's going to feel really weird. You're going to feel like a poser, like this isn't really who I am. And it may feel like genuinely impossible. And you may make up excuses like this. This might work for other people, but this does not work for me. And you will try it, and you will say it doesn't work. Because some days, it doesn't work. But I can promise you that it is a practice that reveals its benefits over time. So here's what I would love for you to do. I would love for you to try. Like this week, just practice. It doesn't have to be perfect. You can mess up and try again the next day. We're not looking for perfection here. We're looking for practice. You can practice with us this week at Restore by texting the word prayer to 816-608-4767. And you will automatically get three texts a day, one at 7 a.m., 1 p.m., and 8 p.m. And those texts will remind you to pray. The first one will be a morning prayer, the short morning prayer that I mentioned earlier. The second one will remind you to set your alarm for two minutes a day and have some quiet time with Jesus. And the last one will ask you some questions of reviewing your day with God. The text will be three different texts, but they'll be the same every day for seven days. I would love for you to sign up with this by texting that number and doing this practice and giving it a try. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and you will find rest for your souls. So may 2023 for us as a church be a year marked by the practice of coming to Jesus in prayer 
may it be marked by souls that are at rest. Let's pray together. God, I just thank you for the people on the other end of this who are hearing this message, who are listening, who are watching. I just pray that you would give us courage to do something that feels so abnormal and out of the ordinary, so disruptive, but that has potential for such peace. Give us courage. Give us some self-discipline. And show up for us, Jesus. We're going to show up for you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.